Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Move Your Mind. My name's Nick Brax, and this is a podcast where we have real conversations with real people and give real advice. On today's episode, I want to welcome John Sadiq, who's best known as a spiritual teacher, poet, and author. He's the founder of Authentic Living which he aims to encourage people from all walks of life to awaken to what he calls their true naturalness. I recorded this a little under a year ago. Really apologize to anyone who picks up on any technical difficulties. The internet was actually cutting out during this recording, so we've gone and edited out as much of that as we could, but you might find a few glitches. Uh, but it was a really great interview. I We ended up going way over the time we, we set to have um, for the actual interview and he had so much insight so many amazing things to talk about we will record a part two of this so really hope you enjoy tune in let us know your feedback and once again thank you so much everyone for supporting move your mind the move your mind book is now available all over the world you can find all of the links at nickbrax.com book and you can also join our move your mind community by simply going to moveyourmind.me and a final announcement we've actually relaunched underbrax uh, we're donating a portion of each sale to mental health, currently the charity One in Five. And you can find all of the links on my Instagram bio. We've got a, a uh, link tree link there. And we'll also be relaunching the official website soon. So stay tuned for that. Thanks again, everyone. And I hope you enjoy the episode. John, thank you so much, mate, for making the time to have a chat on my podcast. It's great to meet you. I always say at the beginning of every podcast, the best thing about doing this is I get to connect with people from all over the world and have these interesting conversations. And I know you've had a very interesting life and are doing some, you know, amazing work. So yeah, thank you for coming and having this chat. Oh, bless you, Nick. It's really kind of you to have me here. And, um, you know, it's just so nice to kind of come on something where you can talk about something real. I so appreciate what you're doing and kind of, you know, kind of knowing a bit about your background and where you've come from and kind of what you're doing now and yeah really really pleasurable to be here you know and um i just hope your book is going well how's that going it's it's getting there we've we've launched it so i i hit a wall on last friday because um we haven't launched it in the us yet but we did the australian launch sort of at the beginning of august and i've been since I've actually been living in New York at the beginning of the year, I've literally been working between two time zones and I've been up all night, every night doing Australian interviews. And uh, I got to a point where we did this virtual launch last week and I just, I had to basically take the whole weekend just off to sleep because I just, everything hit me at once. So it's been good, but I probably need to read the sleep section of my book. Of your own book. And <laughs> put that into practice. Um, but it's been an experience. You know, it's the first time I've done this. So I'm learning as I go as well about, you know, how to promote it and all the ins and outs of it. But it's been, it's been a, you know, really, really good experience. Yeah, books can eat you alive if you're not careful. And they're kind of now we live in a kind of multi-time zone life, or many of us do. Uh, it can, it's really confusing. 
It, well, it's very, um, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, and maybe after the interview as well, I'm so interested to ask about, you know, your, your experience with, with doing this, um, because it is, it's very convoluted, I guess, there's so many different channels and ways to promote the book. It's like, okay, which way is the right way? What will work? What won't work? How do I do this? When do I? It's just, it is kind of confusing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I have an answer to it, but I'm happy to chat away about it. <laughs> so anyway, we'll go into all of that. But um, before we go into all of that, actually, I, I always ask the guest just to, to give a bit of a background on themselves and, you know, what you've been through, how you got to where you are now and the work you do. Yeah, do you mind giving a, a, a you know, more, more of a bit of an abbreviated one? Because we'll go into yeah. more detail about a whole range of things. But yeah, it'd be good for, the, for our listeners to just get that, that yeah. background on you. Well, you know, like most people, I was born at a very early age and, um, uh, and it kind of went from there. But it's, <laughs> it's interesting. It's, you know, I, I find it a really interesting question because, you know, the way that the world is constructed now, we believe that the things that have happened to us are us. We believe in, the, in, in our personalities, as it were. And yet, you know, I've been meditating since I was a, a child really i started at 13 and actually knew uh at age six that that things were not as i was being presented with so i was having like little what you might call kind of visionary experiences and things at age six so it kind of started there and a kind of real sense of my own being even at that age um and 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 so, you know, there's almost like two different uh, timelines as well. There's the, there's the timeline of, of kind of you and the stuff that happens to you. And I guess we have to share that because that's what people use as a hook to kind of relate to us. But there's, then, there's also what I call, you know, the soul uh, or your deeper self or whatever word you would want to use for it. I don't, I don't, I use the word soul, but anybody can say whatever they want. And it's not that they're separate, but it's almost like there's a kind of, kind of an eternal part of us or a kind of um, organic time part of us. And then there's this kind of life that you live that, that has old age and death and illnesses and betrayals and breakups and all sorts of things in it. And it's about how much you kind of incarnate into one or allow yourself to be in the other or kind of mediate between the two, you know? So I, as I say, I was born at a very early age and, um, and yet I was, I guess quite old, um, and I, I and I knew that that life was just so precious, even at that age. But my story kind of starts before me, in a way, and this is really prevalent to kind of what we're talking about with mental health stuff and emotional health, because my father, kind of at the age of 17, 16, 17, uh, he was an Indian Muslim, and he walked out of the partition of India with only the clothes on his back, his mother dead, his three sisters dead from smallpox, the Holocaust of what was going on in India at that time. My mum came out of Northern Ireland. My mum was Irish Catholic. I have this joke that my dad was an Indian Muslim. Uh, my mum's an Irish Catholic. So it was obvious that I would train in Zen Buddhism. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's quite handy on stage, that joke. Uh, yeah, in the end you kind of I've gone past all that stuff <laughs> and, and and she came out of a divided country that had been kind of you know kind of pulled to pieces and my dad came out of a country that had been pulled to pieces 
and they both arrive in the UK and get together. <clears throat> and things that you and I would talk about quite easily now, uh, like healing your kind of generational kind of inheritance and the conditioning of the past and stuff like that, they had no clue about that. And of course, that epigenetically has passed down into the children. And so a lot of people, when they're starting their lives, they're, they think they're something, but actually they're not that. That's almost like, like an inheritance that's been passed on to them that they can choose whether they want to heal that or not. And that's a large part of this work that we're talking about. So I inherited a kind of a great wall of kind of unhealed stuff. And of course, you're a child. You don't know what to do with that. And as I say, I'm having spiritual feelings all the way along. And I actually started, mm, my, my, you know, yeah. I came out of a very poor family. Uh, and, you know, my first job was like working as a pipe welder, you know. Um, and yet from there, my life kind of led me on. I kind of, my mum raised me as a Catholic, but I kind of left Catholicism and I explored through, through Zen Buddhism and things. And I knew I was, I started meditating at 13. And for years, my mum didn't speak to me because I said, I'm not a Catholic anymore. Uh, I'm not really anything anymore. And, and so, you know, it kind of goes on and you have your, you have your life that you have, you know, there's uh, relationships and things work and they don't work. But what we didn't, mm, what I didn't mm. know was a lot of what wasn't working was because I was trying to live through all that conditioning that had been put onto me. And it's not that you can kind of outthink it. It's just that um, you have to turn towards it and say, okay, I have to meet this. I have to love it. I have to find the healing. This is my doorway for this, this time. And each person has their own version of that. You know, uh, Jung, Carl Jung would call that person who decides to make that step a transitional person. But I kind of went through my life and I hadn't healed. And so, um, you know, I arrive in my kind of sort of 30s and 40s at 33. I have a complete breakdown where I'm kind of my doctor is days away from actually locking me in a psychiatric institute. Uh, and she gives me this ultimatum uh, to change my diet and kind of start taking my medication and things. Uh, and she was amazing. So I started kind of building my way back. But I didn't even learn the lesson then <clears throat> about what was really going on. We could call it childhood trauma if you want to. I mean, my, yeah. my mother was very emotionally and physically violent and then outside the door you know in the 80s in the uk massive kind of nazi skinhead racism so not safe in the house not safe outside the house and all this uh generational trauma uh and so i get to my kind of 40s and things and i start trying to kill myself <laughs> i try to find myself in relationships thinking that the relationship must be the answer if only somebody would love me enough and if only I could yeah. work on myself in the right way and be a good enough person, then I'd be okay. And then somebody would love me and it would all be all right. And of course, that's a crocker doodah. Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and, and I try to kind of just end it a few times, you know, I think three times. Sat at this very table, actually, uh, about wow. uh, 15, 16 years ago. I can remember a particular night, two goes in one night, you know. And um, wow. li literally sat at this table with a knife, you know, going, going like this. Gee. Almost like, fight, like, like, like you see in a movie where the evil hand, you know, takes over. Literally kind of going like that. And because I'd worked in prisons, I'd been a uh, writer in residence in prisons, uh, part of my kind of literary career. I know how to, how to hurt myself in a way that you don't come back from. 
because uh, oh. you learn all sorts of crazy things in prison. But somehow, I threw it down the knife, and you know, and then it happened again later on in the night, and I tried again to do it, and I get to my kind of late forties, and it's like all of the all of the stuff that I'd been trying to hold up fell down. It just utterly collapsed. And even though I'd kind of I've been teaching meditation since my twenties, which just goes to show you, being a meditation doesn't a meditation teacher doesn't save you. And mm. I thought I knew all these things, and you know I got a high intelligence, and I'd published loads of books and all sorts of stuff, and you know I'd been the poet laureate for Canterbury and the poet in residence for the city of Los Angeles, and travelled the world with my books and had a really successful kind of literary career and things, and it all meant nothing. I realized that I didn't know how to live and I didn't know how to love. I didn't really know what love was. And what was interesting in that moment of everything collapsing, there was like a voice inside me that said, but I'll find out. Hmm. I don't know, but I'll find out. And it seems to me that the magic ingredient is the words, I don't know, rather than pushing on. And from that, I literally kind of started coming back. I committed to my practice, my meditation, and then that kind of visionary sort of aspect started kind of kicking back in again. And then I had a series of what you might call awakenings and things like that. And my kind of teaching side kind of started growing again, teaching meditation. And when I talk about spiritual life, I don't mean believing in a spiritual thing. I mean, finding out who you really are underneath all that stuff. And starting to yes. kind of live from that truer place in yourself. And there's nothing airy-fairy about it because you've got to heal your childhood traumas, your generational stuff. You've got to learn your, your deep grooves that you think of you are so painful. And amazingly, through the practices that I kind of started working with, I, I found my way out. And I found that I wasn't the person that I thought I was, that I went from being hurt, full of hurt, of anger not liking people at all to being to being somebody who really loves people and a funny side effect uh, is is that uh before everything collapsed i couldn't dance i had no rhythm and since the change i've got perfect rhythm and wow. i love dancing you know and it's really weird so my generational trauma was holding me back from enjoying dancing that's just an absolute aside but you know Anybody wants to go dancing anytime, I'm there, baby, you know? <laughs> so, so, so what I've done is I've kind of, I've taken all that stuff that, and I've not said this is my path. I just, I've kind of tried to sift out what's kind of useful. And I've put them together in this book, Signpost of the Spiritual Journey, to kind of offer them to people who, I don't think you can just give it this book to somebody and they're gonna kind of go along with it. They almost like have to be at that stage of asking that question. You know, that's almost like the first step, which is kind of, okay, I see all this, but who am I? Who am I yeah. really in all this? And if that question is actually in the person, then I haven't necessarily got answers, but I've got other questions that perhaps you can reflect on. And I've kind of put that together with also kind of like how to meet your blockages and uh, what you might do about this and what to do about inner child trauma and all sorts of stuff. Um, and hopefully kind of that will kind of be a nice offering for people that they can find some kind of sucker with, you know? 
Absolutely. And we'll at the at at the end and in the, the notes of the show we'll have all the links of where any anyone listening right now will be including that for where you can where you can go to get the book and find out more information. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's not out yet. It's pre orderable, but um it comes out in November, but um but yeah sent me one already. We're... There's one sitting here, which is amazing. <laughs> it's always exciting to to just finally see it, I guess, in, in person. Oh, I was well. jumping up and down, yes. absolutely jumping up and down, you know? Yeah. 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 I, I had that experience recently of seeing, seeing it for the first time. It's like, oh my God, so much goes into it. But um, look, thank you for sharing that because everything, you, the, the, there's so, so many things you were saying there where I'm like, this, each one of these things is almost a podcast episode in itself, what you were talking about. But uh I found, you know, that was even just helping me listening to your story. And I think, you know, I commend you for being so open about that. Like, I love it that you're able to just talk about it in that way and be open and and, and not sort of be, you know, categorizing things and showing people that uh, there's no, you know, one-stop solution to uh, any any problem. And uh, it, and it's, it's a really difficult thing. It's sort of, I'm still really grappling with this where, and I, I was relating to so many things you just said then, even with the dancing part. Um, I was actually on um, a rea- on Dancing with the Stars years ago. And I'm, I'm in the you know creative industry and I'm good with certain things, but dancing, I, I don't have any rhythm. Um, <laughs> but I have noticed, you know, when I started working on myself, you know, it sort of opened up another part of your mind, um, but I've still got a long way to go in that. But I just found that even that part, it's, it's so interesting because I've, all got, this... I've got a kid's dancing meditation. I'm going to send it to you. So meditation for kids <laughs> to dance to, to help them dance better. I'm going to send okay. it to you. Yeah. Please do, mate. Please do. But, you know, it's um, we sort of tell ourselves that we can or can't do things or think that we can't. But it, it is it's it's amazing how much conditioning there is. And the more you look into it, you start to realize that and sort of myself you know becoming the more the older I've gotten the more self-aware I've become I've been looking back on things and thinking oh well that's you know it makes sense why that happened or like you're saying this generational sort of inheritance of um you know that you uh, of conditioning from from family like you you sort of need to have that awareness to then be able to start making different decisions but it's just it's, it's crazy how, how many layers there are, but one of the things, I mean, there's so many things I want to explore in that with you, but you know, what, one that I find to this day really, really difficult is how do you operate between, you know, that spiritual side and the external sort of side, because I'm naturally, you know, a really competitive person, anything I do, I want to try and, you know, achieve and do it, take it as far as I can. And, but then at the same time, I'm trying to live by these values that I've, um develop developed and am developing for myself and you know not be basing my self-worth or who I am on these external things but when you're trying to sort of operate between the two it's very difficult to find that middle ground yeah Yeah, what's what's yeah 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 Yeah, how can we um well you kind of need to you have to kind of look at the energy of it in a way so if you feel into that and anybody listening hi everybody listening um Thank you for tuning in to uh, what is going to be a mad time, I think. Um, yeah. If, you, if, if, if we look at, at the energy of that, I call that volition. So you're doing a thing. If you notice what happens is it's almost like you move out of your center and into the thing. So you're not grounded in yourself. I call that um, incarnating. 
you know, you incarnate into the thing that you think you are. Like you fall in love with somebody and you want to pursue them, you know. So you incarnate into that, but you lose yourself within it. So there's kind of really simple, very old, actually, thousands and thousands of years old sort of meditation practices that, that you can, you know, I can share with you, you know, uh, that, that kind of show us the kind of, not the way back, but we need to kind of learn to kind of be in both places at once, you know, and because we've kind of created a kind of cult of the mind in our modern age, we think we can think our way to everything. So, uh, and with meditation and with spiritual stuff, a lot of people think they just take on another identity and they are that thing. But then you just see them fall over again and again and again. You know, it's like somebody screaming at you, you know, I'm a peaceful person. <laughs> you know, I'm not yeah. angry, you know, um, yeah. uh, uh, you know, uh, or, or they're very sweet on their podcast or very sweet on their meditation that they've recorded. And yet with their kids or with their assistant or their staff or something they're an absolute bleeding nightmare you know and so yeah. um so faking it ain't gonna get us anywhere so it all comes back to us admitting that we have not a problem but there's things to work on in the first place so the fact that yes. you're brave enough for example to say you know i have this happen to me that's the doorway to change in itself and it's the same for anybody you know, like you said to me it's really brave of you to talk about those things when I talk about those things, I'm not wanting our listeners to say, hey, that John Sadiq, what a cool guy. He talks about all those things. I'm not trying to build my ego from it. All I found is uh, that by not talking about those things, it ruins your life. <laughs> by not healing those things, you don't have a life. Uh, yeah. And so if I can kind of by just being open hearted with people, kind of say, you know, Here's my story. Here's my example. Yours is yours. I can't help you with yours, but at least you know there's somebody else in the world. Then, yes, you know. But what we've been told to do so much by our society is to turn everything into an identity. I'm a person whose mother did this to me. I'm a person whose father did this to me. I'm a victim of this, and I'm a victim of that. And we add it to our ego, our egoic identity, which doesn't mean the thing didn't happen to you, but carrying it around saying this is more me doesn't heal it either mm -hmm. so it's mm -hmm. up to the individual to kind of understand for themselves that they can choose another way you know and what i always say is, is the thing that looks like the problem inverted commas is actually the doorway to the thing itself so yeah. let, let's, try, let's yeah. try a little experiment let's try a little experiment okay so if you and everybody listening just join in with this notice that place where you kind of lose your sense of self when you move into things right if you just feel into that you probably notice that your energy kind of goes up and into your head and then tries to move outwards like that so that's one thing now what a lot of people do when they try to meditate is they try to forcefully forcefully pull themselves back now that doesn't work that's just creating a violence against yourself but i'm going to show i wanted to show you a really quick magic trick Ready, Vinic? Just put your hand on your heart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Put your hand on your heart and allow yourself that kind touch and allow yourself the feeling of aliveness in your body. And tell me if you notice the difference. Yeah, definitely. Well, it just feels more connected. It's yeah, sort of it. That's it. It's, 
it's a warm, more connected feeling. And and yeah. I, I know exactly what you're talking about there too, because it's like when, and I, I observe this as it's happening where I'm, when I do, you know, ingratitude and, you know, working just not based on what other people are thinking, but just, you know, you, you're, you're feeling aligned. You do, you feel this very nice, warm, peaceful feeling. And, um, but then you feel like this extreme anxiety and tenseness come on when it becomes about all of these other things that are not to do with, you know, you. Um, and yeah, it, it brought me that feeling. Yeah. So if you stay in yourself, in this mm -hmm. way, and I, I literally have to put my hand on my heart a hundred times a day and feel right, my feet right. on the floor. And then you, I've learned to actually just feel the life energy in my body. You can tell you're alive. Yeah. So you just feel that. That's not a, that's not a magic trick. It's not going to suddenly make everything disappear and you're going to get well. But because you're actually standing on the ground, you'll be able to look at the mental health difficulties that you've got or the depression that you've got or the... Um, losing it about this piece of work that you've got or this uh, mess that you get into with your relationship all the time you'd be you'll be able to actually stand there and, and look and say oh actually you know i keep going into that and i get myself lost so then you can actually yes. ask the question so how don't i do that anymore so the yes. question is always the road home it's not knowing the answer it's always the question that's important i yeah i think that is i i, I yeah i i love that and and that's the thing. It's like not about us trying to probably ever. Well, I mean, what does that mean? You can't in life ever reach this end goal. It's not black and white. It's not, you know, this sort of um, it, you're growing until the day that you die. So it's sort yeah. of not the like the question we're I would to... ask, Nick, is, is who yeah. put that goal in your head anyway? Your idea of what that goal is, that's more conditioning. That's conditioned. Well, society's conditioned it. Our parents have yeah. conditioned it. Our basically you wake up in the morning and open your phone and you're getting conditioned so you've got to be then so strong in your own set of values and how you want to go about it because otherwise I guess we're going to get sucked into it but I mean as you were saying that it was sort of reminding me I've been living in New York for six months and I've been exposed to probably people on the very extreme end of you know capitalism these people in finance trying to make money and it's borderline terrifying when you get in conversations with, with some of these people because they've got they've had on the external level success uh so they uh and i'm observing it as i'm talking to them uh because they've gotten to that level they're then able in that environment to have quick access to anything they want everyone validating them and you talk to them one-on-one -on -one and you see there's just nothing there um but what i observed is it's almost it's dangerous having that success without the personal development because the more success they have, the further they come from humbling themselves to actually make that change because they believe that having that is uh, means that they don't have any other problems and don't have to address it. So it's like, it's a, yeah, it's sort of, and I've seen it happen in so many walks of life. And then, as you said before, as well, a lot of these people will be turning saying, you know, they'll say, I'm, I'm meditating, I'm doing this and forcefully, you know, I'm, I'm turning it into a competition, but not actually doing it for any reason other than to try and brag about it, where it's just like um, yeah, a weird the thing. Ego, it's, it's like believing the ego is the end in itself in a way, and it, it kind of manifests whatever way it kind of comes out. So you've got all the money in the world, <clears throat> but actually it's of no use to you because all you're going to do is 
is to think that you need the right car or, you know, you need the right kind of trophy partner or uh, you need to be seen in a certain way or the bespoke suit or whatever. And there's nothing wrong in having a nice car. And I love a nice suit. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, yeah. I'm, a man, I'm a man who loves shirts, actually, uh, and guitars. But um, uh, and so it's not the it's not the object that's wrong. And very often we take this kind of uh, other version of it of kind of like get rid of everything. It's not that it's that, you know, you're living on a kind of on a very sort of shallow but you're living in the kind of like the shallow upper end of yourself and one thing that meditation does or the tools that we're talking about is it kind of it starts returning i call it vertical dimension of being or it starts giving it doesn't give you some of your depth back because that would say that you're kind of adding something to yourself it's like you're lost because you've got it you've just forgotten that you've got it because you've been living in this kind of narrow way for a long time and we all have that experience of something kind of you think you're one thing and then something kind of pokes a hole in it and suddenly you feel kind of depth and because you're not used to it it often feels like humiliation or yeah. uh, or, or you've been brought down a peg or two whereas if you as you sort of practice with like the simple meditations in the book or whatever mm. you find that um that the that you start kind of just understanding that there's more of you and then because you get that like it's like your natural compassion your natural empathy your natural ability to kind of see more clearly because you're on the ground you know in yourself begins to kind of open up more and then you then you look at all these cars or whatever it is that you believe is you you know um and you go well why am i doing that you know exactly i can, yeah. I, I, can you remember i don't know if you had this in uh, australia and in um uh, and the US, but in, in the UK, there used to be a phenomenon on a Saturday afternoon called 50 quid guy. I don't know if you know this. So I, I don't know that one. Yeah. You know that. And you, so you, so you'd see people walking around the shopping mall and, and they'd spend 50 quid on DVDs or on, um, you know, special beer or something like that. So, so every week, you know, they spend their 50 quid on something that's kind of right. like, it's like having gin as an identity. Do you remember that? For a while, everybody was kind of posting on social media about gin. And it's like, you know, you try, you try to make things into your identity. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. dr- I drink craft beers. I do yoga. Uh, I'm a meditator, man. You know, uh, I read spiritual books and I'm really into this guy. Uh, exactly. Or I'm into this woman. And, it's, and, and while, it, while there's nothing wrong with any of those things, they're not you. You know? I'm not doing a very yeah. good job of selling a spiritual book here, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I'm, I'm loving everything that you're saying here, but uh, yeah, it's, it is that weird, uh, that weird thing of, and, and every, and again, you know, going back to like, even these people, some of these people that I've met, it get, these things, even when like, they'll see that you're like, they're like, I want to get into exercise or do this or do that. And they turn it into this aggressive thing of trying to beat you at. And it's like, Hey, I'm, I'm not competing. I'm like, just trying to, um, yeah. but it's, yeah, it's um, a never ending thing, but yeah, to be even, I had this moment last week cause I, I, I'm in Vancouver at the moment and I lived here for a year and a half and I, I love this place cause it's just so beautiful and you've got mountains and it's a city in a forest. I've never, never lived anywhere like it. And I was sort of, walking through on like towards a mountain and just thinking, Hey, hang on. Like it doesn't, I don't really need 
that much to be able to just live here and have access to this. And this makes me happier than any amount of money and all these things could, could give you. And it's just here. It's like, it's, you know, this is available to everyone. All of this, all of the important things that we um, can get out of life are, are pretty much free. They're available to everyone. And we make it so incredibly complicated uh, to try and get this so-called happiness or get to that level when it's just available to everyone right now. It's like, it's, well, it's crazy. Because we, we believe in, in, in a dualistic system. That's what the kind of core of that is. So it, everything must be either or, you know, and even in, in what we're talking about, right this second, it's, it'd be really easy for somebody listening in to kind of think, all right, well, I'll get rid of all my stuff then. Or, and it doesn't mean that, yeah. you know, yeah. the stuff's okay. And, and, not, and not having the stuff is okay because it, it's not about the stuff. It's about the deeper dimension of your own being, basically. Uh, and, you know, even if you're in New York and there's no uh, nature around you at all and you can see like one dandelion sticking up through the pavement, if you're in the kind of right heart set, I don't want to say mindset because I actually think it's a lot more to do with the heart than the mind and what we're talking about, especially mental health stuff. It's more to do with your heart. And, um, and you'll see that for the wonder that it is. But you're also, you're a wonder in yourself. Each of us is a wonder in ourselves. Not because we go around telling people we have uh, this car or that car or we're an actor or we're a teacher or we're a special person this way or we've written a New York Times bestseller or whatever. That doesn't yes. mean anything at the end of the day. Yet it's lovely. There's nothing wrong with achievement in the world. But it's just an achievement in the world. At the end of the day, if you haven't got some soul in yourself, if you're not living from your inside out and you're living through all this trauma stuff, uh, generational trauma, thinking it's you or, uh, you know, other kind of stuff. There's a word, vasana in Sanskrit, which means well-worn grooves into which everything flows. And, um, and so we mistake those things for ourselves. And unless we kind of learn to be just here, which is not a mind mental thing at all, as I say, it's more to do with the heart. Yeah. Then, then we're lost all the time, really. You know, we're always going to be looking in things when actually we are just here. So yeah. and duality is always going to say it's this or that. And that's what you're yes. seeing now playing out quicker and quicker. You're either for us or against us. You either vote like this or you vote like that. You know, uh, and then in a kind of like a really kind of cracky, false way, we think that the way of overcoming that is to kind of be this kind of false kind of middle where both those things are allowed, where actually both those things are totally destructive. And the middle ground is also destructive. Uh, and the only thing back is, is awareness and consciousness. That's the missing ingredient. It's not allowing those kind of surfaces to have their sway. It's returning always to awareness i've just uh, i didn't know whether to talk about this or not you know i just had a very sort of strong example of this my oldest friend killed himself a couple of months ago um you know i i managed to heal out of my past and uh, my friend chris hasn't didn't i'm so sorry uh, to hear he's, yeah. he's the most amazing visual artist and things and he kind of he'd been in this cult as a young guy we both had been in this kind of weird group and i kind of got out and healed myself and he'd never got himself right. And what we've been talking about, about always trying to push into something. He took mm -hmm. himself so far away from himself 
that and and it's interesting to kind of almost like look at the mechanism of suicide because you can go so far away from yourself that the only place to go is into death mm. to try and find some space that's kind of what happens in a way and because the person isn't kind of communicating with you about their pain or they've cut themselves off you know chris went through this uh period where i hadn't seen him for a couple of years because he'd literally cut himself off from everybody that cared about him so that he could kind of keep pushing into this i'm going to find my answer i'm going to find mm. my answer and it's over here and he, and he went so far that he's not here anymore you know and we don't realize that the space that we're actually seeking is already inside us but of yeah. course if we're burning with pain burning with things that need healing i'm not I'm not playing it down in any way. I'm not just saying you meditate and everything's all right. Yeah. It's a lifetime of work, lifetimes of work. It never ends. But by, you know, by meeting it today, you've already met it tomorrow. You know, you do it, you do the work yeah. today. You don't worry about, am I going to be all right? You just do what you can today. Even if it's just saying, I don't know what to do is better than thinking that you do. You know, yeah, and and it's that return to the self over and over again. It's that humility of self in a way, you know. But of course, that that push outwards has a certain sort of energy to it that kind of keeps on going, 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 and it kind of almost like wants to have a life of its own. You know, we call it the pain body these days. That the way you recognize it is that it always wants to continue itself. And so, if you find yourself and anybody listening finds yourself in that position where it's just kind of running away. It can even be an argument with your partner where you have to just say, no, I am right and I absolutely have to prove this. Mm -hmm. We've all had that experience, you know, and it just kind of run away and you've lost yourself. You're just kind of screaming at the other person. Thank you so much for supporting Move Your Mind. We're expanding the offerings of the organization and we're tailoring everything we do to suit you guys and to try and answer to all of your needs and the questions that you send in. The book is available globally. You can find all of the links at nickbrax.com slash book. And we've just released the Move Your Mind community. We've currently got a men's community group, a women's community group, a general group. We're going to be lo loading up other groups. And you can find all of the links at moveyourmind.me. This group's been created based on the needs of what we've heard and learnt throughout running Move Your Mind. And we have live events. We've got courses. We've got huge amounts of value the ability to share information share ideas work in groups together to, to grow and share your learnings to learn about different topics you get email reminders there's a whole lot of features in there we're constantly updating it and we're so excited to share it with you you can find all of the information about it at moveyourmind.me if you have even if you can become aware that you kind of lost then you're not lost anymore the minute you're aware that you're lost you're not lost because awareness mm -hmm. is always the way home, you know? Uh, and if you need to get yourself somewhere safe or take yourself out into somewhere more spacious, then you just do that, you know? You do what you need to do. You, you go to somebody and say, I don't know what to do. And, you know, we think we don't know how to communicate with other people when we have these pains and problems. But just going to somebody, you know, who you trust and say, look, man, I just don't know. You're already you've already taken the biggest step ever. Yeah, yeah. The well, yeah. And thank you for for sharing that. And I'm I'm so sorry that to to hear about that. It's a, it's yeah. Hor always so horrible hearing. Uh, yeah, it's it's amazing that um, things get to that point, and it's, it's so sad. But it, it is something we need to 
talk about as well and educate people about but I yeah totally agree and like love the points you're saying and I think it comes back to you know the strength is in vulnerability and being humble and we're we don't have to have all the answers but it's just being it's saying yeah hey I, I don't I don't know or I I'm, I'm going to, I'm doing my best. I'm, I'm trying to take the right steps today and hopefully tomorrow I can do the same thing. But uh, if you can keep drawing it back to that, like you're saying, instead of having the extreme behaviors on, on either end, you can, you can find a way to navigate. And I, I know from, I've, again, going back to my own life, that's been easily the most useful thing for me because I was always, or have a tendency to always be looking to the future and looking forward to these things and putting so much pressure that I have to become this, I think growing up with a famous dad as well, um, this thing that I need to, I'll only be enough if I'm, you know, this huge deal. And it kept, it's just drawing it back to, no, it's okay. You know what? I don't have to do any of that. Uh, I don't have all the answers. I don't know what's going to happen, but today this is what I'm going to do. And um, and it's it's helped dramatically, even, you know, recently having, like a break from um from acting I was getting really sort of distressed having to audition and um get rejected all the time and just exhausted doing that while doing my other work and I thought well and I was feeding a narrative that I have to do it because I've got to try and become this big actor because that's going to give me a bigger platform and validate me and you know I, I think maybe I will eventually get there maybe not but I just said well you know what I'm going to have a break from it and I'm going to focus just on my book and these other projects and almost overnight I just felt this sense of peace and better. I was like, well, why was that such a big deal? But it was so hard for me to to do that. So it's, yeah, it's just like yeah. continually navigating those, all the things like what you're talking about. Well, there's a way you're kind of meeting it, isn't it? With the acting, my son's an actor, you know, he's, he's uh, in a play right. at the National uh, um, uh, in October. And- um, Oh, wow. Uh, and, and yeah, I see him pushing himself so hard, you know, uh, and kind of not being, you know, not allowing himself his heart sometimes uh and um and all you can do is love you know that's all you can do is love and just i'm there for you i'm proud of you uh that's all mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market you can do yeah and um yeah yeah but what what you know what i found you know because i i write um is is that it's that it's that idea of what you should be that kind of leads you towards pain whereas actually with writing or whatever it is you're doing acting there's always work to do there's always a script to read there's always a there's always workshopping there's always your singing lessons there's always your movement. There's always your embodiment stuff. There's always your yoga class. There's always the gym. There's always, you know, and you're not trying to get somewhere and then suddenly, you know, you've got a lead in a Disney movie or something like that. If that comes, that comes, you know, or whatever mm -hmm. it is that, that, that is the top of your tree, uh, you know, professionally or something like that. But, you know, if we think about, you know, actors, I've, I've seen many people kind of just kind of, just kind of being almost like, secondary parts in movies 
and yet they haven't kind of over-egged it and over-egoed it. I'm trying to think of a particular person now, and, and it won't come to me. Uh, but because they've actually done their work and they're there, you remember the secondary character more than the lead actor. Sometimes yeah. you must have noticed that. There'll be and they just got like a couple. So of many lines, times, yeah. And they do it for yeah. real, you know. And um, in fact, I can remember there's an episode of uh, there's an old program called Northern Exposure. I don't know if you remember that. It's set in Alaska about this doctor, and uh, and there's a guy who plays a bellhop in one episode, and he's got such a, a kind of incredible presence, and he just says like two lines. And then years later, it turns this guy kind of ends up as Buffy, uh, Spike in Buffy, the Vampire Slayer. It's James Masters. And yet he starts from this kind of uh, tiny little role. And just because he, you can really feel him. Yeah. You know that that's what kind of, that's what, that's what the director saw, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Cause... And it's quite, quite incredible where things can take you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you're doing it from that, that place of just, really being being there being in that moment being doing it for uh from a place of authenticity rather than trying to, to do it for for fame or and yeah you do see it it's a i guess it's probably a good example of of a lot of the broader things we're, we're talking about you've you, i've seen it so much in the acting industry where so many people are doing it because of wanting to fill a hole of i don't have enough self-love or i don't know who i am if i can become really famous and become a big movie star that's going to fix it all. And, and the ones that the, the very few that get to that point often implode because then yeah. I guess you get there and you get all the accolades. It's probably like taking a drug. Well, oh, this feels amazing look, look, look for a while. Look at the amount of suicide in Hollywood or in sync with singers and things. And in the last few years, it's just been, you know, and I, I, I think to myself sometimes, crikey, you know, if I could have got that guy's phone number, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe I could have sort of said, look, you know, there's a way back or, you know, talk to me. If you can't talk to anybody else, talk to me. I'm, I'm, I'm like a steel trap. I don't let anything out about other people. You know, I keep things in confidence, you know? And, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I just wish people had somewhere to turn because you see that outward movement. I've got to be famous or I've got to be this, or I've got to be the best at this, or if only somebody would love me or if only I had enough money and it just keeps going outwards. And that is the movement of duality. Mm -hmm. And it's the kind of the return to wholeness. It's not oneness, it's wholeness. We have wholeness in us. That is always the way back. You know, what is the step towards wholeness for me? Um, and I think what you'd find with what you're talking about is, is if you kind of give up that forced dream, that conditioned dream, then, you, then the universe can surprise you. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, it's got it's got a little job for you up your sleeve. You know, I I'd, I'd retired from writing. I I quit writing in 2014. I'd been really ill, and actually, uh, I don't want to go into this. I had a near death experience uh, in at the end of 2014, and um, uh, and then you know, a couple of years ago, and as far as I was concerned, I wasn't going to ever write any more books. I wrote a little piece for this blog, and then Fiona, my editor at Watkins, reads this, rings me up, and says well i can see you can write do you want to do a book for us and now we have the book you know it's coming out in november wow. and and it yeah. was never planned i said i would never write another book and now we have one so i love um, that uh, and and you know and yet if the ego part in me was like you know but why is my deal not the same as prince harry's you know <laughs> why well, is my book deal not 20 million dollars you know 
because you're not in the royal family. Uh, yeah. Nobody's yeah, interested yeah. in you, your little <laughs> meditation teacher. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I love that example because um, and I've had yeah, I think we those experiences. It, it's sort of when you just let go and and then it allow things to happen in the right way. It sort of can open the door. So the crazy thing is by holding on and trying to force things. A lot of the time, we actually are, are, are maybe preventing the you bigger goal from yeah. which is it's it's this weird thing to understand because we there's a huge fear in letting go of things and being like i believe you know i know what i what i can offer the world i know what i care about and it's going to evolve in some way and just trusting that that does you know most of the time lead to an, a much bigger sort of calling anyway but it's so difficult to do if you haven't sort of if you're not allowing yourself to uh, be vulnerable in that place and you know do that work on yourself but yeah I, I think it's a really good example what, what you're saying there yeah that that whole thing around letting go that's really problematic that's part of the ego structure which is quite interesting in actually the, i've got, got it i've got this tattoo here the middle one says uh let go let go oh. of things so i've i've got a <laughs> um because I've got a few Arabic ones because my dad's oh, background is le le Lebanese. So I got all of the, these little messages over the years that I got to can, can remind you, can myself. Can you read Arabic? Can you read Arabic? I can't. So maybe it doesn't even say let go. It could well, say no, some because other... I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking at that and I'm sure that one says, can, uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah, two portions of fries and, uh, and three lamb kebabs, please. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, man. It was a drunken night, and I th they told me that it said the right message. <laughs> yeah, I had, a, those, I had it there's, there's, a, there's a bunch of TikTok videos of uh, a Chinese woman reading people's Chinese tattoos that they've had when they're on holiday, and actually telling what what, what it says. It's just the funniest thing. That's hilarious. Yeah, because yeah, on a drunken night out in like Thailand, getting a tattoo and hoping that it's one thing and it comes out as yeah, exactly, exactly. That's right absolutely uh, absolutely <laughs> there you go um but yeah letting letting go of things is is such an important thing it it, it sort of uh yeah if we if we just hang on to stuff it's yeah it's never never the solution yeah and i mean that was what i wanted to say was um you know, letting go isn't what we think it is either. We can still even meet letting go, the words letting go, with a sense of ego. I have to let go. Yeah. So, so yeah. immediately you're holding on tighter to the thing because you're making yeah. it, you know, you're such a hero to have to let this thing go. I have to let go. And um, and you have to put your yeah. Then it becomes this. A bit. The, then it becomes a. It's thing. this overwhelming thing, I guess. Yeah. If you do that, it's yeah. like, oh my god, what? Yeah, Which where is why do I, begin? I, 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 I don't, so I don't go that way myself. What I always try and do is invite people just to kind of come back to that feeling of life in them, hand on the heart, or uh, just kind of being aware of the space of the room around yourself. And what happens yep. is when you come back to yourself and you're dead then there's not any egoic letting go. There's a kind of an opening up, which then just says, oh, there's these things. I can just, I'll just put them down if, if I need to put them down or I don't need to carry them in this way or, oh, that's not what it appears to be at all. That looks like yes. the answer, but it's just something else. So, so it's that, it's almost like transcending rather than, again, see, letting go can still be duality, you know, so returning yeah. to wholeness 
is always, I think, a, 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 an easier way. But we're so invested in that kind of needing to be the hero of our own kind of drama mm -hmm. uh, that we kind of yeah. um, that we're always kind of uh, we're always having these terrible things, you know. Like I went to the supermarket <laughs> and did the shopping. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, or I've let this difficult thing go. Okay. You know. Uh, or I have to let it go. And the more you say you have to, you don't let it go. Yeah. And and would you say also like a thing that I've sort of really or talked about quite a bit in my book is sort of really, you know, when we can become more uh, self-aware and identify, you know, what are my values? What do I really care about? And for me, I, you know, quite a while back, I identified, well, I just want to help people in the area of mental health and what I always draw back to because uh, when I'm getting on a tangent of I need to achieve this or do this or become this big actor, or, I drop back, hang on, my value is just, I want to try and help in the area of mental health. And if that means today, all that is, is this conversation with you. That's great. That's, you know, that's amazing. If it means in five years time, I'm speaking on a stage in front of 20,000 people. Okay, cool. Or maybe it won't be, maybe I'll just, you know, if I can just help one, but, but so it doesn't really matter how it happens. If I draw it back to my value is I'm just going to every day, it might be a conversation with someone at a coffee shop, but it's, that's the, the value. Then, then you can keep drawing back to that and it takes you out of that sort of um, results-based thinking. You know, would you say that's like another tool that people can use to, to sort of help draw you back into that? I would, I would also, because I wanted to ask you a question with that, if you don't mind. Sure. Where does that value come from? Is that something because your mum and dad are good people and they've instilled that in you? Or is there some, is there some, you know, even if it hasn't got words, if you feel, if you feel that value in you and you feel the space mm. behind it, where's that coming from inside you? You know, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's a, it coming from? Is it an imposition or is it part of your soul? Probably both, to be honest, you know, it's probably, I think it probably part of it is part of my soul in the sense that uh, similar to what you were saying, I've always been, um, you know, to my own detriment growing up, very uh, self-aware, I guess, and questioning things and thinking differently and, and, and then looking at the world and being like, Hey, I don't, I don't get it. You know, like, why can't people just be open and talk honestly and be vulnerable? So there's that side where I really do feel like that's there, but then there's definitely also another side where it probably is about, you know, trying to, uh, you know, coming from um, pain or uh, difficulty traumas that I've been through growing up or whatever it is. So I, I would say it's a, a little bit of both if I'm, you know, if I really was honest about it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so we always, I, I think even with things like that, we have to kind of investigate the kind of source of it within ourselves because I think one thing that we don't talk about much in our world and, you know, uh, and that I found through my own practice is, is that when you kind of start opening up your wholeness, uh, that's what it is. So meditation doesn't add to you. Spiritual practice doesn't add to you. It actually shows you who you really are. It answers the question, who am I? And it's not an answer like, you know, I am a this and I am a that. It's, it's this sense of wholeness or, or, or beingness. And, and yet each person has to find that out for themselves. I can't tell anybody. And I don't want anybody just to hear me and believe in what I'm saying. I can't stand that sort of thing. 
Um, yeah, I always, yeah. my teacher always said, give people back to themselves. So if you hear some kind of truth in what I'm saying, well, that truth was in you in the first place. So now you've got to kind of follow that in yourself, but not my way, your way. Mm. Um, and, and again, because of the kind of way that we've built the world in this last, you know, history of, you know, five, 600,000 years, whatever. We've built it in a way so that we think that that we kind of move into values, but actually, you know, those values must have arisen from something sort of self-determining in the first place, just like language did. You know, if you look at like the history of language, there's like, you know, you go back. The reason that Sanskrit is so popular at the moment, so many people are learning Sanskrit in Germany, which is really quite interesting, is it's close to the original sounds of things you know, of what yeah. things are, because things have got like a kind of, you know, vibrationary quality to them uh, that kind of produces almost a kind of response in us. And, and I think the same is true of when you come back to yourself, that the inherent qualities in us are actually compassion, empathy, real love that isn't a codependent love or a grabby love, but just, you know, um, just a really natural kind of existence together, awareness together. Awareness, I would say, is love. Proper awareness is love. Uh, and so there's no having to kind of add to it. But then because yeah. we're each unique expressions of life, then we need to, you know, move in our own way. Nick moves his way. John moves his way. The person who's listening to this moves their way. But it's already in you. You don't need to become a better person. We need to just clear out the debris of duality that's imposed in each person in, in different ways uh, to, uh, to kind of just allow that wholeness of being. And that wholeness of being will naturally express in those ways. You're a loving person, you know? And you can see mm -hmm. it. You can see it. You can see sometimes somebody who is like, an absolute piece of work. I won't name any names. Somebody in the public arena who's like an absolute piece of work. And then, you know, but then their child comes running towards them and it's like their heart opens up like that. So we've learned to be kind of loving and expressive and things within say the realm of family, but that's too narrow for our world now. We need to kind of open that up further and not, and just realize that it's not just within these limited realms you're allowed to be yourself. The only way we're yeah. going to survive as a species on this planet is to begin opening up in a, in a kind of wider way, you know, and actually meeting even our work and our financial systems and um, uh, the, the way that we kind of construct things and the infrastructures of our countries and so on. If we attend to them with consciousness and awareness and with these parts of ourselves, you still have your train system, you can still have your financial system, but it will work. Whereas yeah, the ones we yeah. made don't work. Yeah, no, that makes that makes a lot of sense what you're saying, and uh, and I guess yeah, as with your point, and you know, with what you're saying with me, you know, going to those values, I guess it is. It's almost then trying to again turn it into this external pressure, identity, egoic sort of thing, rather than just being because then it's still me needing to label something. It's instead of just being able to be. I'm just I'm at one with 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 everything and I'm um, um you know I, I guess like that 
yeah, I, I understand what you sort of mean by that. Yeah, exactly. It make, and, it and, sense, and, it, yeah. and it's not it's not a weird belief in yourself of I am one with everything or anything like that. It's just, you know, the path I I kind of I call the path that I try to share with people self-realization. Yeah, it's not my term. It's an old term because you realize who you really are. And these qualities are kind of part of that. Still doesn't mean that your healing's all over. Doesn't mean that everything is is hunky dory, uh, but it means that you're here, and it means more more than not, those qualities are present in you, and they come quite naturally, you know, and uh, and yet you know you might have somebody saying to you, your agent or something might be saying to you, look Nick, you need to be selling your book here, so you've really got to play the mental health advocate, you know, yeah, or uh, yeah. you know, uh, okay, we need to sell your book, so you know, play up your fame, you're on Neighbours, you're on Dancing with the Stars or whatever, you know, play that side up. And there's nothing wrong with that as long as you keep your heart, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so it's always this kind of crazy dance. In, in the, again, there's a Sanskrit word for it called Leela, which means the dance of the form of your life. But you have to be at home in that, you know? I totally, and I, you know, I had an example of that where, you know, sort of when we were launching it, they were saying, you know, we need to, like it's so important we get x amount of attention on the book and you know in the first two weeks get this to happen and and i'm always going to give it everything i've got but it created this really unhealthy feeling in me where i was really anxious and thinking okay well i i can only control what i can do to get it there and i but i need more and i, I what else can i do and you know it became really unpleasant uh yeah and so it, again that yeah it's so hard to like navigate that thing you're talking about but so important because yeah, the thing you is, feel you know, it, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly, you feel it inside. Exactly. It's all to do with authenticity inside. That's all it is. And, and you know, the only thing that's going to move our book, my book, your book, you know, sure, you know, we've got our teams and all this sort of thing working with us. And, and yet, if somebody hears that there's a real human being here, there's a real human being in you, it's not about whether you agree with me this way, that way. Oh, he said the word soul. I can't read his book. You know, that's it. I don't believe in the soul. Look how you cut yourself off straight away by your belief systems. That person said my God's name the wrong way. Uh, or that person mm. believes they sound like they believe in that kind of politics. Whoa, no, 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 no. I can't read that person's book. You know? Yeah. Look how we yeah. limit ourselves over and over and over again. And yet, if you, if, you know, you doing your job, me doing my job, if somebody can actually hear, oh, these are just two guys talking and there's something real there in these people. It's not about agreement or not. It's just whether it's real or not. And that always will appeal to people, you know, not yeah. everybody. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to sell anything to anyone, quite honestly. Um, you know, but your stuff, if you produce something, a book, a film, a record, whatever it is, you know, bake bread. The thing that comes towards you is how you treat people. Yeah. Yeah. Not what, not how famous you are. Yeah. There's a weird world around that and look how weird and creepy that is. But you know, uh, but then you look at somebody like say Keanu Reeves, the way that he treats people, no matter mm. how famous he is, he just treats people well. And you're like, well, I don't like his films. He's actually actually a bit of a wooden actor, but look at this guy. <laughs> what a sweet guy, you know, oh, uh, I might yeah. Watch yeah. It, I, I might watch a film with him in after all, you know, because you want to exactly. see somebody who, you know, I actually watched John Wick. I would never dream of watching John Wick. You know? 
Yeah, I, that's hilarious. Um, but it's so true. I, I love the Matrix. I'm, I'm excited for the fourth one that's coming out next year. Um, but but and and on the flip side of what you're saying there, that's like also the fact we live in a world where because Keanu Reeves is a movie star and and just you know taking a subway in New York, helping helping a person on the street, Keanu Reeves and someone like that, it's it it's cr- the other the flip side of what the point you were saying is it's crazy we live in a society where um, seeing a movie star just be humble and normal and take a subway and help someone on the street, we see that as quite shocking and unusual because we've been taught in society that there's these levels of systems or whatever it is, but really that's just, it's normal behaviour or it should be normal yeah. behaviour. Yeah, but I think it is, you know, I think because of, uh, because of social media and things like that and the way that the news works, which I don't, I personally don't watch news anymore, and my TV is not plugged into anything. I haven't watched TV in 10 years. And um, because I realized that I was being presented with stories all the time that wanted to kind of pull me in certain directions. And I asked yeah. myself the question, well, the, the consciousness uh, that's kind of creating this, what does it really want? You know, uh, and it kind of wants me to lose myself in a particular set of stories. It wants me to give my energy to these stories. And I've always been a feisty bugger. So I said, well, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to give my energy. I want to be in my wholeness. And it's not like yeah. I reject the news. It's like it is literally of no value because it's like somebody screaming at me. Why should I put up with that? You know, so yes. if you've got good internal boundaries, you're not going to let a screaming mad person pulling you this way and that way kind of anywhere near you. It's kind of it's massive kind of narcissistic codependent sort of aspect to that kind of media system. So uh, absolutely, there's not one that's better than any other either. That's the really odd thing because it's always going to tell you, no, no, we're the right ones. We're the right ones. No, we're okay. They're not. And then you see that actually they've got their weird stuff as well, you know? So, uh, so I've just kind of let go of a lot of that stuff. I still know what's going on mm. and, um, and, and you don't lose being part of the world, you know, but actually I think because of that, that kind of puts people into kind of almost like a kind of hyper-driven state. But still every day, I think the world and people are much better than we think they are. You know, we tend to think that people are no good, but yeah. they are. They are. I see oh. acts of human kindness every day that, you know, I think, oh, I'm, I, I teach meditation, I'm this, I'm that maybe sometimes. And, um, and I see people who absolutely humble me with uh, the kindness that they have, quite honestly. Yeah, exactly. Like people, you know, deep down, most people inherently want to be good and want to do good. And we might be, we're all on different sort of journeys and we might be, uh, you know, at going through something at the moment, but everyone deep down does want that. And, and like what you're saying with, and you that's know, what I was so trying to say before about the virtues yeah. thing, you see. So if we take it as just like a kind of like a spin of the roulette wheel and it's just look that we have these virtues, then we're never going to get anywhere. But actually, we all have those virtues. It's just that we've learned adaptations to kind of survive in the world uh, against our kind of generational conditioning, the cultural conditioning and so on. And so we think we have to kind of maintain these political faces or religious faces or um, famous faces or being this kind of person, you know, I'm into this and I'm into that. And we actually believe in that so much that we, the, those those values don't get a proper chance 
but then something happens and they find their way out but we what we need to do like you know there'll be like a a, a terrorist event or a, a kind of you know a, a natural disaster or something and there's always going to be people who just are there to, to steal and take um yeah but then you'll find that people kind of turn up their, their heroism kind of comes through but that's not just there when there's a disaster it's there all the time but we just kind of live in these kind of yeah. uh wrong-headed worlds all the time thinking it's not us and then it kind of cuts through and uh and we don't need to think of ourselves as the heroes we just need to come back to our wholeness and that's all that that's all that my work is about about creating a space in which people can kind of start feeling that for themselves that inner aliveness that deeper dimension of their own being and that's the only reason i've written this book it's the only reason that i teach meditation on you know these different apps and things i teach on like insight timer and um there's another app called wellness coach and i've just done this project for uh, a big app called calm um oh, it's, not gonna be, it's not going to be on their main thing uh it's like a trial thing at the minute uh that, that they're gonna they're running a trial on it's, it's called calm for cancer uh because i lost my youngest sister to cancer and, and a very close friend to cancer a few years ago and uh and so i've created like me and a few other people but i've created like nine meditations for people to kind of use when they're going through cancer treatment, you know, so they can be more present with it. If you think about it, you know, you're receiving like this hard medicine into you, you kind of like almost tighten up against it. You can almost like not let it do its work by kind of mm. steeling yourself against it. And I wanted to kind of create some things where like, there's a kind, friendly voice there with you in the waiting room when you're going in to get the results of your scan or uh, and, and, That's great. And to kind of help yeah. you be present or, um, so I don't know whether yeah. this is going to roll public or not. It's all part of this trial at the minute, but, um, yeah, yeah and I've, I've done that since I finished the book, which is insane. Um, so, uh, let's just see, but there's so many opportunities for this stuff that we're talking about, both mental health stuff, whether you want to call what I do spiritual or not, I don't know. It's just, I call it real life. Uh, there's so much opportunity for us to use this in all the different parts of our lives, you know? I mean, what you're doing, you know, if somebody has a kind of chronic illness, sort of looking after your mental and emotional health is absolutely paramount. I, and, and in summary of what you were saying, saying there, I think that's so important, the message you're saying where um, it's not about, you know, like there's a lot of people that sort of try and act as a guru of I've got this method or follow this or this is how you're going to find all of the answers. It's And, and as you're saying, you know, whatever you want to, however you want to interpret the word spiritualism, it's really actually about um, just, you know, quite logical things that you're talking about, but how do you get back to this place that we all have in us? So you're not trying to say that you've got some magic formula. You're just guiding people to get to this place, this natural state that is going, is available to all of us, which I think Absolutely. is a really Absolutely. great thing. Absolutely. And, 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 and it makes, and, makes and, perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. And having worked with prisons and things like that, you know, uh, you know, as kind of, I've had the most amazing kind of strange career both as a kind of literary writer and I published seven books as a, as a literary writer. And then this is my first nonfiction book and, oh. uh, and all kind of, you know, all with kind of decent publishers and things like that. And like I said, I've, you know, travel the world with it and stuff, which has been such a blessing, but you know, I, I, I've seen people who perhaps we might think of as being like the worst people in the world in prisons, uh, change, you know, when even they didn't think that they could change. And it's not because of any kind of wishing or anything like yeah. that. 
but because at some point it's really interesting when you work with lifers for example uh that they get to a certain stage and they realize that they're in there for another 20 odd years or 30 something years or maybe right the way to the end as i've met a few people who are never going to be let out of prison for example and and they kind of meet that in themselves and they start saying okay well how do i make a life what, it, what who am i really i was living yeah. through all this other stuff it doesn't take away their crime you know um yeah. there's a saying in prison in in the uk which is do your rip you know uh which means you've done the crime you've got to pay for it and i i'm i'm firm on that actually yeah uh, but still inside yeah me, yeah there's that there's there's healing to be done you know and there's uh yeah. perhaps reconciliations that can be made and so whether you kind of think of yourself as like you know a meditator or you think you're the worst person in the world and you've even kind of had an ego identity around that where you're like i can hurt people with my you know i can crush mm. people with my bare hands or whatever i'm not frightened of anybody and all that stuff it's still the way home for everybody you know and you kind of see it oh, that's really see powerful it. yeah you know you see it over and over again nobody's yeah. out of sight nobody's out of sight yeah that's all you know it's, i'm not it's saying really it's powerful. easy yeah but nobody's out yeah. nobody's yeah. Nobody, nobody's away from from this truth quite honestly yeah yeah and 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 i think you know because of the lack of um uh education in a lot of the stuff we're talking about on a broad level we instantly just label people based on what they've done and like you're saying of course people need to be there needs to be laws and rules in place and people need to be punished but at the same time we can have empathy and understand well hang on what's what's happened what, what what's happened in this person's past to lead them to this extreme behavior uh what's underneath that how can you know you know they're, they're still a human and 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 there's probably a reason why they've acted out so we can try and understand that and have more empathy and, and realize that you know people underneath uh there there is you know there's something under there yeah i think it, in, in a way it's not down to the culture we can all think what we want about somebody that person is the worst person in the world and they should get the death penalty or whatever we can all think that but the person themselves who's committed the crime or, or they've kind of got themselves into that place it's their work you know so if they have this realization yeah. they might still go to yeah. the chair you know uh, yeah. or they might still spend all yeah. their life the rest of their life in this place or end up over here or end up over there or whatever it's not some magic formula it's just the difference between being a human being and and being kind of out of that ego system uh or being lost that's all that it is it's being lost in the identity yeah. or actually back as a yeah. human being and if you are then you'll be like okay well how do i how do i make the best out of this you know how do i actually sort of turn my light to kind of do something useful here so that somebody else isn't you know who might be in the same sort of world as me um not go this way you know i've seen lots of stuff like that i did some work with you know homeboy incorporated in uh, los angeles you know homeboy inc yeah i think i've heard of that yeah uh, so I, I did some some work with there uh, i'm pretty sure i've heard of that yeah yeah living in los angeles so what they do is they work with ex-gang members uh and it's like a kind of you know you learn to cook and yeah. have reading groups and all sorts of things and i did a bit of work with them in 2009 as kind of i was the british council visiting poet for los angeles and um uh you know and you see people literally kind of you see them change and you also see them the world around them not change 
Mm. You know, I can remember one guy. I won't again. My names are is, is zipped on names and stuff like that. My lips are sealed. Uh, you know, yeah. one guy who really changed, and then went out one night and was shot down. You know, by his old gang, because the gang life doesn't leave you, as it were. You might leave the gang life, but it doesn't necessarily leave you. And that is so hard to kind of deal with. You know. Yeah. And yet, yet, yeah. yet, you would say that that person had kind of reformed himself. You know. It's it's so complicated. So, you know, I'm not offering any easy answers to anybody at all, but I'm just I just want people to hear that nobody's outside. You know? Nobody's yeah, out, and it's yeah, not, it's not yeah, some definitely. external god that you're not out of the sight of. You're not out of sight of your own soul. I guess like we've we've got these five, these are sort of, you know, one line closing questions that we finish with. Um before we go to that, just again going back to your your book and the work you're doing, um, people can pre-order now. As you were saying, where well, I'll put I'll put links um, in in the show notes for it. But where where can they go if they want to um, find find this information? Yeah, so you can have a look on my website, which is www.authenticliving.life. That's very easy, authenticliving.life, uh, which I think is really cool for, to have as a web web address. Uh, you can obviously look on. Um, yeah, I love it. Uh, Watkins website in the UK, but any bookstore, basically, you know, Barnes and Noble, uh, Walmart, <laughs> sell yep. books, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm amazed because it's going to be everywhere. And, um, but, but also it's on Penguin Random House's website because Penguin are doing the distribution. Um, so if you just search for my name, you know, in your favorite search engine uh, and signpost of the spiritual journey, uh, so John Sadiq, signpost of the spiritual journey, you'll find it. It's that, it's yeah, really great. that easy. Uh, and great. it's going to be on Audible and all that as well, you know. So it, it, yeah. it'll be everywhere. It'll be everywhere. But I appreciate pre-orders because it kind of uh, makes the web gods happy. <laughs> it all helps. Exactly. So it please pre-order the pre-order the book and and help 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 get this um exactly help the web gods pre-order uh so we'll have all the links for everyone listening um just to yeah well the links will be in the in the um in the show notes yeah. of this episode for anyone yeah. wanting but to if, find but it if i'm so, honest if i'm honest with you nick all i really want is is you know if this is useful for somebody i want them to have access to it that's all and uh and it's like i say i don't think i've got answers but i think i have perhaps some of the questions uh and and kind of spaces that that kind of may be helpful i don't know yeah yeah and that's that's all, all anyone can offer really i think yeah you know yeah it's a reflection um, that's all that it is it's a it's a mirror we we have these five closing questions we finish every episode with um so these can be just quick answers that come um okay. whatever comes to mind so the, all right the first one is um yeah the, the first one is what what's your best childhood memory that comes to mind Riding down a hill so fast on my bike that there was uh, no more bikes. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, you know that one <laughs> where you're going so fast that kind of uh, that there's kind of no you, no bike, no hill, just movement. So that that was pretty wild, actually. Uh, what do you think is is one of the biggest burdens on mental health in society? So in terms of um, you know, is it? social media is it uh or oh, i see it's, yeah i guess it's probably a complicated question but yeah what's one of the things causing problems do you think from the point of view of, of kind of what i i'm trying to talk about i think um probably the biggest burden that i see is 
an overbelief in the mind um, in people, and a kind of a, a, a kind of a, a, a this kind of cut offness that I've been talking about between the head and the heart. And so um, I think we actually kind of that is actually what's created that kind of world of of things being separated up so much. And so we believe so much in the voice in the head as our identity that uh, it kind of leads us down this path of, of kind of very poor mental health a lot of the time. Social media is a kind of problem of its own. It is, but social media is not the problem. It's our engagement with it and our looking for completion through it. So if you're looking for, for completion through something yeah. that uh, isn't really about your heart and soul and well-being, then that's not there to serve you. And so you have to... Uh, Kind of come back to serving not serving yourself in a selfish way but just come yeah. back to yourself what would you say is your personal definition of happiness <laughs> a... uh personal definition of happiness uh there's so many of them uh honestly i i i'm just a basically happy person which is really quite odd because uh, i used to be so miserable um it's hard to remember being the misery guy um, yeah i've got a beautiful fender stratocaster yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But my wife will kill me because I've mentioned the guitar before I've mentioned my wife. And um and so my wife. <laughs> um but I like just being, quite honestly. I I can enjoy myself just being. So um and it's not an effort, I'm just here. So I just like being here on the planet, quite honestly. The the final question is just what is the most courageous thing you've ever done? The most courageous thing I ever did was say that I don't know. At that point when uh, things were falling apart so badly that I just didn't know uh, if I was going to take another breath. Uh, and to say, I don't know, and then to stand back up, not in, as in to try to make myself into somebody else, but to say that I would find out what this life was really for. I think that is the kind of axial point in my life and um and i don't want other people to have to get to that point i want by you know if god or the universe or whatever you want to call it is kind of on our side with this book i just hope that i save somebody a tiny bit of pain or that uh that they don't have to go as far down the road to the end as i did uh and that they can actually see and turn back but I know how stubborn we are. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I also see how we kind of keep on going until there's nowhere else to go because that's what I did with myself. But when I fell down, something in me said, I will find out. I will find out what love is. I will find out who I really am. And I will, and I don't care if I die from doing it uh, because there was literally nowhere else to yeah. go, you know? And so I yeah. wasn't brave or courageous. Something in my spirit was. Something in us is. Uh, if you left it to me in my mind, I am not courageous, but my soul is. Yeah. And yeah, your well, soul is, and everybody. I, I love, <clears throat> love that answer, and, and I've really enjoyed chatting to you. I think we could probably talk, we could probably talk about this all day. Uh, I think we'll have to record you know, of this conversation, there's so many other things I want to explore with you, but I, I really, really appreciate the work you're doing, respect the work you're doing, feel very fortunate to have you 
make the time to come and talk to me today. And I'm sure our listeners will take a lot out of it. So I just want to say, yeah, thank you so much for coming in and making the time to have this conversation. Oh, bless you, Nick. You're, you're an absolute gent. So it's an absolute pleasure to be here. And I just want to take a second and just thank everybody listening. You know, if you've tuned into this and you've got to this point, well, bless you. <laughs> I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much. Thank you, mate. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks to John Sadiq for joining me today for Move Your Mind. And just another reminder that the Move Your Mind book is now available all over the world. You can find all of the links at nickbrax.com book. And you can join the Move Your Mind community by going to moveyourmind.me. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.